Hi, all ready for today's exercise break? Let's begin now by working out the kinks with five limbering up exercises. Ready and jump together. Two and three. I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, A Better You. Ten and relax. Stretch and bend and three and four and five. In the afterlife, you are judged not against other people, but against yourself. Specifically, you are judged against what you could have been. So the afterworld is much like the present world, but it now includes all the yous that could have been. In an elevator, you might meet more successful versions of yourself. Perhaps the you that chose to leave your hometown three years earlier. Or the you who happened to board an airplane next to a company president who then hired you. As you meet these yous, you experience a pride of the sort you feel for a successful cousin. Although the accomplishments don't directly belong to you, it somehow feels close. But soon you fall victim to intimidation. These yous are not really you. They are better than you. They made smarter choices, worked harder, invested the extra effort into pushing on closed doors. These doors eventually broke open for them and allowed their lives to splash out in colorful new directions. Such success cannot be explained away by a better genetic hand. Instead, they played your cards better. In their parallel lives, they made better decisions, avoided moral lapses, did not give up on love so easily. They worked harder than you did to correct their mistakes and apologized more often. Eventually, you cannot stand hanging around these better yous. You discover you've never felt more competitive with anyone in your life. You try to mingle with the lesser yous, but it doesn't assuage the sting. In truth, you have little sympathy for these less significant yous and more than a little haughtiness about their indolence. If you'd quit watching TV and gotten off the couch, you wouldn't be in this situation, you tell them, when you bother to interact with them at all. But the better yous are always in your face in the afterlife. In the bookstore, you'll see one of them arm in arm with the affectionate woman whom you let slip away. Another you is browsing the shelves, running his fingers over the book he actually finished writing. And look at this one jogging past outside. He's got a much better body than yours, thanks to a consistency at the gym that you never kept up. Eventually, you sink into a defensive posture, seeking reasons why you would not want to be so well-behaved and virtuous in any case. You grudgingly befriend some of the lesser yous and go drinking with them. Even at the bar, you see the better yous buying rounds for their friends, celebrating their latest good choice. And thus, your punishment is cleverly and automatically regulated in the afterlife. The more you fall short of your potential the more of these annoying selves you are forced to deal with.
Hello. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Gregor. I can't talk right now. I'm actually just on my way to the gym. What do you mean, the gym? You got a job at a gym? What are you going to a gym for? I'm going there to work out. Going to work out? What's the matter, John? Did you get fat? No, I'm not fat. I mean, I'm just trying to stay in shape. I run on the treadmill for a little bit. Can I just I'll call you later? No, wait. I'm just picturing you running on a treadmill. Do you wear a gerbil costume? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Listen, there's nothing to be ashamed of if you're trying to lose weight. I knew some ladies, Park Avenue ladies, who'd eat nothing but cabbage soup for a month when they had to fit into their dress for the big fundraiser. Okay, I'm not trying to fit into a gown, all right? That's all right. I wouldn't want to see you in a gown anyway. I see you as more of a frock kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. When I need to drop weight and I need to do it fast, like if I have a big presentation this afternoon and I feel fat in the morning, I have a surefire routine. You want to know what it is? No. Okay, I'll take that as a yes. First of all, you sleep as much as you can because you burn calories as you sleep just by metabolizing. And then presto, you wake up thinner than you went to bed. That's why people in comas have such great bodies. That is not true. It is true. Have you ever seen a fat man in a coma? Okay, look, Gregor, I, I, I okay, better... Okay, tip number two. Uh-huh. Before you go stepping on that scale, make sure you brush your teeth. What, why is that? Because plaque, while small in total volume, is surprisingly heavy. Plus, mm. if you have any food stuck between your teeth, or even some bits of wood or metal, it'll get rid of it. Why me. would I have wood or metal in between Because my... maybe you ate a burrito on the street in a hurry, and it was wrapped in tinfoil, and you got some stuck in your teeth. Right. That could be like a pound of metal that you're carrying around in your mouth. In an, an entire pound. Yeah, that's why you floss. And sometimes, if I really need to drop some weight, I pry out my fillings. Wait, you, you don't actually... Then I like to shave my head. What do you... Wait, how, how much can hair weigh? Hair doesn't weigh much, but conditioner can leave some serious residue. Or even better... You get a full body wax, like a total Brazilian all over. Mm-hmm. It's like a fanny pack full of pennies to have hair on your body. Okay, can we just... Then, you go for a really vigorous exfoliating. Like with a loofah brush, or like a cheese grater, <laughs> you really start to lose some weight. I, I should take a cheese grater to my skin. Just picture, if you sand the whole surface area of your skin down by like a quarter inch, that's like four pounds. Look, I'm not trying to lose weight. Then, you want to turn to your ears. You want to really get in there and scrape out everything right down to the skin of your tympanic membrane. And how will I know I've hit the tympanic membrane? Because it's going to hurt and bleed. Plus, you'll have ringing in your head for the rest of your life. But if you do it right, you can scoop off like a half pound of unsightly goop. Okay, you know, but that... Then, you want to get a good industrial pair of nail clippers. Mm -hmm. Shear your nails down to the bone. Okay, Gregor, this is really ridiculous. No, no, it's not ridiculous at all. We're just getting started. You know what's amazing to me, Johnny? What? You're at the pinnacle of your career in show business, and you don't read any of these magazines like Us Weekly and Star and OK and all these things. Mm -hmm. If you did, you'd know this is how Jessica Simpson and George Clooney, all these big stars, this is how they lose weight for a big role. By clipping off the tips of their fingers. But when they publish along your stats and it says, like, you know, how the stars lose weight for summer, and it says Jonathan Goldstein, 5'2", 125 pounds, you can hold your head up and be proud. I'm not 5'2". Now you just got to lose the water. Right. You know, a lot of people who are amateurs, they say, like, have eight glasses of water a day. It's total nonsense. Really? You listen to my diet, you have zero glasses of water a month. What you want to do is dehydrate yourself just until you're in the neighborhood of, but not over the border of, total renal failure. Sort of just shy. You want to knock on the door of kidney shutdown, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go in that room. No, I don't. You want to just lose some of that water weight. So say you're at your weigh-in. You're ready for your big weigh-in. What weigh-in? I'm, you know, I'm a radio. I'm on the radio. There's no yeah, weigh-in. You know, there's things like at Caesar's Palace when they have you and your opponent are up on the big mat and like 100 people are gathered around the scales and the, they have the guy announce like, the Italian stallion weighing in at 280 pounds of terrifying muscle, mm-hmm. you know. But for you, they'd be like, the petulant librarian, Jonathan Goldstein, weighing in at 121 mm-hmm. pounds straight out of Lac Bouffe, Ontario. Right. So before you step on the scale. Yeah. One thing you might want to know is that sunlight has weight. It does? No, it's not true. Oh. But hitting a scale, sunlight will make it heavier. Mm-hmm. You have to estimate the incident solar power 
of the average radiation flux incident on the Earth's surface, which is about 1,000 watts every meter squared, multiplied one-half the area of the Earth, which is about 2.8 kilograms per second. Gregor, I don't understand anything that you've just said. Look, you don't need to remember the math. I'm just trying to tell you, get a glow-in-the-dark scale, stand in a pitch-black room, have someone wear night vision goggles, and read the scale for you. Uh-huh. Is that complicated? I guess not. So then what you're going to want to do is squeeze out all the air from your lungs, because all the moist air is like a cement brick weighing you down. Mm-hmm. Then... You just have to empty your mind of all thoughts, which for you shouldn't be that hard. I resent that. And you want to cry until no more tears come out, because that'll be a good indication that you're not carrying much extra water inside you anymore. That'll be a good indication that I've lost my mind. You know, I'd rather have you crying now and have Johnny around for a few extra years because he ultimately got healthy and fit. Once I've decided that a day at the gym is in order, I usually try and get there as early as I can, but since I'm such a procrastinator, and since I have friends like Gregor, I usually only make it there by around noon. If I was the protagonist in an action film, the movie would be called Operation Dottle. All the packing I have to do doesn't help matters either. Flip-flops, ointments, wristbands, headband, metamucil, gauze, towels, My gym bag ends up looking like an overflowing trunk shipped from the old country. Not only doesn't it fit in my locker, but since it's already around lunchtime, I no longer feel like exercising so much as I feel like sitting down to a large plate of spaghetti. At the YMCA that I go to, the locker rooms are in the basement, and the gym is on the fourth floor. Since I hate taking the stairs, I often find myself in the absurd situation of riding up an elevator to use a Stairmaster. Today, I'm on the treadmill. I listen to music on my iPod that offers inspiration. And I people watch. For fun, I imagine each person I observe to be training for a different life challenge based on the exercise they're performing. For instance, the young guy windmilling his arms around while clutching small weights, I imagine to be preparing for one of the many crowded Montreal outdoor festivals, having to beat his way through the hordes of entertainment seekers. Or the man in the spandex bodysuit, gritting his teeth while doing chin-ups. He looks like he's solely there to practice his grimacing, as though training for a gig as a wine critic. 
or some other position where externalizing one's displeasure is a job requirement. As for myself, today's workout is mainly comprised of running in place on the treadmill. I'm bathed in sweat and getting nowhere. In my case, it looks as though I'm practicing for the job of being me. When I ask Gregor what he does for exercise, he explains to me that someone pithy and British once said that, as a rule, a gentleman always keeps private his lovemaking exploits and his exercise regimen. But you're not a gentleman, I say, and you can seriously use a little exercise. Weren't you supposed to start doing yoga? I've decided to just carry around the yoga mat instead, Gregor says. You can only imagine how bad seeing it poking out of my backpack makes my co-workers and friends feel about themselves. What more do I really need than that? I'm sure there must be another British man of great pith who once said that any opportunity to make your friends feel bad should always be taken. I'm starting to cramp. It might be because I didn't stretch long enough before starting to run. Before exercising, I usually stretch by a window while making excruciating eye contact with the old man who lives across the street from the Y. He keeps a pillow on the windowsill of his third-floor apartment so he can get some good leaning, spitting, and staring done. But today, rather than endure what I couldn't help but feel to be his silent judgment, I decided to watch the daycare kids play musical chairs in the courtyard down below. The sight of the odd man out, or odd little kid out, running around looking for a seat, and then slowly and painfully realizing that there's none to be had, that it's all too late, is too heartbreaking to watch. It's as though through play the children are being prepared for the cruelty and brutality of life and career to come, all to the strains of the farmer in the dell. Is it any wonder why my stretching was cut short? Sometimes when I run, I like to imagine that the exercise I'm performing is actually powering something. Like the way on Gilligan's Island, the stationary bike was able to power the washing machine. I'm a bit of an anal personality type, and so the idea of wasting raw, valuable exercise fuel seems short-sighted. There should be a place to store all of this running in place. There should be a place to store all of our heroically positive thoughts, too. All of them together should at least be able to power the flight of a paper helicopter from one end of the parlor to the other. And so sometimes while running, I find it inspiring to close my eyes and pretend I'm underground, that my running is powering the rotation of a massive carousel that is bringing joy and delight to children above ground in the sun. More joy and delight, at least, than playing musical chairs. It is nice to indulge the fantasy that my labor is not all for naught, that the labor is not for naught. No, wait, how does that expression go? To imagine that my... Wait, isn't... Isn't but nothing, if at all, for naught? Not... Not not? Wait, that it isn't for naught. That it isn't for naught? Not all for naught? John. Not for naught. Johnny. Not not? Johnny. It's not for naught. Johnny. Johnny. Yo, yo, Forrest Gumstein. Howard? 
What, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Look at you. I'm running. What? Do you, how did you find me in the gym? I was talking to Gregor, and he told me where to find you. What are you... Mm. Look at you, ma'am. You have good, good stride. What are you eating? Mm. I'm Vilchop. I just came from a butcher shop opening. Black tie affair. Look, Howard, mm. can you... Get, I'll, I'll see you later, okay? I'm running right now. Well, I'm going to grab a seat. I'm going to give some inspiration here. I, I don't want your inspiration. There's mm. <laughs> a hard bit of gristle there. Here, try some. I... I don't want veal. It's I'm just a bite. It's protein. I'm running right I know, now. No, I can see you're running. I'm just try a little bite. Stop putting. Get, Take a little taste. Get away from me. I think you're not putting enough hip. If you put a little more hip, a little lighter on your toes, imagine you're on like a trampoline. Mm. You still want to buy this veal chop? I don't. Here, I'll leave it here on your on the machine here. You don't mind. Her, eh? don't, don't. It'll be primal. It's like the hunt. You're chasing after the piece of meat. Oh, that's myself. Hello. Ah, the honor of Mr. Tucker. I'm just here at the gym. What? No, I'm not exercising. I guess he was though. I guess he's here. John. He's really sweaty, yeah. Howard. Oh, you gotta come down here. No. Yeah, no. yeah, you gotta see Mr. Chariots of Fire running on his treadmill. Don't. The guy's red, he's tomato red. It's hysterical. Howard. Get Josh, get Josh too. I don't need them coming here. Tell him to bring the video camera. No, Howard. Does he run like a girl? Oh god. Kinda like a girl who's got kind of big plodding feet, the heel of one of her shoes broke, half drunk, making her way down a rainy street, trying to make it home. Hey, come on down, come on down. Don't waste time because it's not going to last much longer. Okay. Okay, I'll see you soon. Chicken chow. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. What the hell are you wearing, by the way? Are those long johns? I can't talk now, okay? Yeah, it's very really hard. You're trying to catch your breath. Mm. I'm for myself, too, when I'm training. Oh, your feet get really heavy. And it's like, there's a big lactic acid buildup in your legs and all the muscles. How are you all not... you focus on is the weight in your feet. You're not helping. No, I'm saying I, I empathize. I understand. Your lungs are just burning with, with heat and, and exhaustion. And... Aren't you hot? Want me to spray with some water? Can I help in some way? No. I can mop your brow. I can get electrocuted. No, you won't get electrocuted. I'll just spray with some water. No. What does this button do anyway? Hey. Ooh, it's going faster. Howard, sir. Ooh, that, that gets quite fast quite quickly, huh? Slow it down. It's kind of funny. It's like that OK Go video. Howard! Okay, the same button? I still say your hips are not working right. Get off. Don't touch me. Let yourself feel light. Lighten the hips. Howard, get, please. Not your legs. Stop it. This is good. This is good. I've got the rhythm here. I'm all in spider. Let me jump on two. Howard. We'll do it like double Dutch style. I don't. What? Howard! There we go. Come on. Get off the machine. Howard. We got a rhythm going. This is. No, get off of me. I'll go up a hill. Get your own treadmill. No, it's like a tandem bike. Howard. She was going around the mountain. 90, that's it. Wearing the chain on her more than so I can get some speed there. Get off! But you'll go faster? No! You really smell like meat. Touchdown. Every morning. Ten times, not just now and then. Give that chicken fat back to the chicken and don't be chicken again. No, don't be chicken again. Push up every morning, ten times push up, starting low. Once more on the rise, nuts to the flabby guys. Go, you chicken fat, go away. Go, you chicken fat, go. Hello? Hey, Dad. Hi. How are you, Johnny? Uh, I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? All right. Can't complain. What's up? Well, I just came back from the gym. So how did it go? Uh, not, 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 yeah, I've had better days at the gym. Why? Um, what happened? 
It, it's it's not worth going into. Yeah. Are you still going to the gym in the morning? Oh, I go every day regularly. Yeah. Usually about five days a week on average, sometimes six. And how old are you now? I'll be seventy-five December. And did you did you always exercise like that? No, not always. But I was pretty uh, exercise conscious and athletic in the younger days. So how how many years has it been lately that you've been yeah you've started exercising again? Let me see. Let me go back. I you know what I'd say a good ten years. And what what inspired uh, what inspired the change? Uh, I, first of all, I, I had a great fear of falling. Since that time that I broke my foot, mm-hmm. I saw what a little fall could do. Just a, you know, it was just a little fall. I was standing and talking to Howard on the phone. Howard and I and I missed. I, I leaned back and I went down just a little bit, and I broke my foot. And wait, you were talking to Howard? Yeah, Howard called that Howard. day. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And what happened? And uh, I leaned back as I was talking to Howard, and I gave a fall down. And um, Howard said, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. That Howard. No, nah, it wasn't. It had nothing to do with Howard. It wasn't his fault. Oh, I guess. So, um, okay, to get back to why I, I, I joined the club, to make yeah. a long story short, I did what I could do to keep my bones strong. And and how how is exercising now as a as a man in your seventies differ from what it was like you know exercising as a as a young man? Uh, that uh, that's quite a difference. Um, you know, when you're younger, you 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 you're looking to, to to make impressions. I'm not looking to make impressions. I just want to feel good about myself. When I was in my twenties, I was even eighteen and nineteen. Johnny, I had I had uh, what do you call it? Ripples in my abs. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had very cutty arms. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was very, what do you call it? Uh, there's a word for it. Um, uh, buff, okay? <laughs> okay. I was. I was really, I was, you know, in fact, I, when I was in the National Guard, mm-hmm. the sergeant said I was like a racehorse. I was tanned. I was muscular. I don't expect to see that anymore. I'm glad what I see. If I'm trim, I'm happy with what I have. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, older men, their pectorials begin to sag, like women's breasts, you know? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm I'm still pretty firm, thank God, you know. I'm keeping myself firm. Hey, by the way, you know, you were, you remember you were just talking about um how Howard was connected to your breaking your foot? Yeah, but very indirectly. Well, anyway, so he uh he almost broke my leg today. Oh, wow, that's a coincidence. Not not a very good coincidence. When did that happen? I was at the gym when he decided to jump on the treadmill with me. <laughs> Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess it was sort of funny. <laughs> Not too funny for you, though, eh? Yeah, I guess. He he did get me banned from the gym. One thing I'll say about Howard, that he's, uh, he's, he, he's spontaneous, sometimes impetuous. Who would come up with such a thing? Yeah, and, and as he jumped on, he was, he was eating a veal chop. <laughs> that certainly sounds like Howard. That boy sure enjoys his veal.
On Wiretap today, you heard Elizabeth Robertson reading the short story Subjunctive by David Eagleman from his book Some, 40 Tales from the Afterlives. You also heard Gregor Ehrlich, Howard Chakowitz, and Buzz Goldstein. Wiretap is produced by Mira Bertwintonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Tune into Wiretap Saturdays at 1.30 and Thursday evenings at 11.30. I'm also very pleased to announce that you can now listen to the show in the handy podcast format. That's right. For your listening convenience, the show is now available for download. Subscribe through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest wiretap ringtone. Mm. 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 <laughs> that boy sure enjoys his veal. Get your veal on with every ring of your phone. Come on, baby, just pump it. In this scene, breaking on down for the B boys and B girls. We're in it, do they think? Pump it louder, come on, don't stop and keep it going. Do it, let's get it on, move it. Come on, baby, do it. Huh.